You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is The Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. So how long are we going to be doing this? It'll be like an hour. Wow, man. Why? Or less. You're killing me. I'm you, just joking. You I'm want 30 joking. minutes? No, I got a I'm meeting just, at no. 1030 in Boardman, so. Okay. You can't talk too long. What high school did you graduate from? Ramsey High School. It's in Mount Pleasant. This is a new machine. I've never used this before. So. Okay, so I may not even get recorded. <laughs> there is. Uh, there is. <laughs> we don't like to do repeats, so let's pray we're, over we're this machine. Re- if you don't get it now. We're <laughs> well, that's what Wendy said. Wendy's like, this is what you get. This is a one-shot any, shot deal. If anything happens, <laughs> not coming back. So did you go to the Army right out of high school? Yes. For four years? No, two. Two years? Was that like the draft? That was draft. I had no choice. Really? The, oh, you got the, picked? In 65, my high school class, if you weren't married, blind, crippled, or crazy, you were drafted. Did you go to Vietnam? No, I did not go to Vietnam. I have a lot of friends that did. I spent my time in Germany. I was an Army engineer. I was stationed at Spengdalem Air Base in Germany, which is... That's headquarters for 4th Missile Battalion. And my job was a generator mechanic. When you have missile battalion, you have to have generators produce. It's a different type of power than what you plug in your wall. Hmm. So that's where I spent my time, 15 months. At the time, I kind of felt guilty because my friends were getting shot up. And and I was a guest. I was a guest on an air base. Hmm. We had civilian KPs. We had people come clean the barracks. We had everything. I mean, <laughs> and the Lord bless me beyond measure. Is that a guilt that you carry with you? No, I do not. Good. I'm never guilty about what God blesses me with or what he blesses the rest of his children with. You can't be guilty about that and you can't be jealous about it. Mm-hmm. If he blesses you with whatever, I should be rejoicing in that. That's so good. And that's... The way I want to spend my life, rejoicing in him. Yes. Well, dang it, Carrie, you're making me cry before we even get started. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we haven't even started yet. And we're here crying. Well, no, we'll, we'll oh, officially man, I introduce I, I you. My time was... Uh, <laughs> I thought I was burning time here on the clock. Did you learn German? No, maybe a few words. Yeah. Eins fart, Alsen fart. Well, after Germany... <laughs> <laughs> what? Eins fart. When you, when you get on a freeway, it's Einsfart. When you get off, it's Alsenfart. Oh, great, uh, and, great. And I, I thought I, you were I learned <laughs> making wrong... up words. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. No. And I learned the wrong way about men's room, women's room. Oh. I, I, first time I went to a restroom, you know, to go in, it says Herman and Damon. I said, I don't know which one it is. So I started walking to the right. Did and you the lady to... started screaming. <laughs> So I knew it wasn't Damon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Dame, but like a dame. dame. Like a Dame, yes, Damon. So you got to go in Herman. The, the thing I regret, when I was in Germany, there was so much history there. And my grandfather was German, my mom's dad. He came over and was a naturalized citizen. And I did not even go to try to find out where he lived or try to find anyone because of youth. I was stupid. And mm-hmm. We were doing stupid stuff. 
But if I was there now with my mindset, man, would I be uh, trying to chase some of that stuff down? I think we all feel that way. <clears throat> but anyways, oh my goodness. It was what it was. Your parents were married? Yes. And yeah. how many siblings? Uh, I was the youngest of four. My oldest sister was probably 11 years older than me, and she kind of helped raise me. Sometimes I call her my second mom because she was all excited when her little brother was born, and she spoiled the daylight out of me. You said you had no grandparents alive when you were born, and you were... They were all gone, yes. tribute baby? A tribute baby. You know what a tribute baby is? I don't think I've heard that. I was born in February of 45. Second World War was still raging. And when I was born, my dad brought the newspaper into the hospital and he closed his eyes and went down the list as a tribute to dead soldiers, to people who were fallen for defense of our country. He went down, picked a name, and then my mom did the same thing. So both of my names are from people that perished in the war. So yeah, my dad picked Carrie and my mom picked Eldon. You had to go through the Second World War, I guess, to know what that was about, because I, I don't think people have done it since. But those days, when the paper come out, I mean, there would be full pages of people that perished. That's all I got my names. That's amazing. And as a little guy, I hated my name, Carrie, because that, that sounded like a girl's name. But now, I love my name, because nobody else has it. Very few <laughs> people have the name Carrie, and the gals that do have it, I tell them, man, you got a good name. <laughs> So, you've been here for five years, yes, Gloria, but where did you come from? Our spiritual journey is a, probably goes back when, when I was a youngster, my mama took us to the Baptist church, and that's where I got saved. And Gloria, her parents took her to the Methodist church. And then after we met and we were married, we first started going to a Methodist church in Austintown. The pastor there, when he would start to preach, the spirit would fall. Sometimes you'd walk in the sanctuary and the spirit would fall. And it was beautiful. And unknown to me, there were people in the congregation, people of authority, that didn't like this. They were upset. This was not traditional. Anyways, they got rid of him. And a new pastor came. First Sunday, this pastor came and he started to preach. I'm falling asleep. This guy has nothing to share. I mean, he can tell you all about religion but he had nothing to share from the Holy Spirit, nothing. Gloria and I stayed there a little while, being irritated with this. So finally I told Gloria, we got to get out of here. I can't stay here. She said, well, I have my friends here, so I don't care. If they want to stay here and die, that's fine. We got to go. So then we went to the, we went to the Presbyterian church in Austin Town. The pastor there was spirit-filled, and that worked well. <laughs> Him and his wife both were spirit-filled, and uh, Gloria and I grew there immensely. As time went on and pastors changed, so did the tempo of the church. Mm. And in 1997, Gloria and I built a house on Green Beaver Road. At the time, I was I was a lot younger then, and I was working on a lot of cars. And I, I, we had a little house in Austin Town with a one-car garage, and I wanted to build a triple garage. So I could have space to work on cars. So I went into zoning and asked, can I build? No, you can't build that. So I went home and told Gloria, well, uh, this house is up for sale. We're moving out of here. Anyways, the Lord moved and, and he uh, provided property for us. And we built this house on Green Beaver Road. And when we moved there, the thought came that 
we should get a church that's closer. But here again, we had friends. And we kept trucking back and forth to Austintown. And I wasn't realizing that the Lord was speaking, you need a church closer. And in that period of time, things digressed in that church. May not been for other people, but it was for myself and it was for Gloria. And we weren't sharing, you know, I wasn't sharing with her what was hurting me and she wasn't sharing what was hurting her. So finally, after we left, we started sharing these things. And she says, I was just staying there for you. And I thought, I said, well, I was staying there for you because of all these friends, you know, it can't go along with the friends. You got to follow what the Lord wants you to do. But anyways, we can't, we started to visit some churches I think the first one we visited was here in Upper Room, and loved the worship, loved the sermons, loved the people. But being of good sound mind, we had to visit other places to, you know, to compare. But we came back here. Every place we went was not the same. Gloria and I are happy here. Is everything perfect here? No. <laughs> if it is, I'm going to ruin it. Because I ain't perfect. Because wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) That's right. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But we need to agree to worship the Lord. Put Him first. All this other stuff, it's all second. Amen. Preach it. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. We've been here about five years. Oh my gosh, it seems longer. It feels like you've been here forever. Well, you know, it might be more than that. We started coming here, I think, early 15. Okay. But one of the things Gloria and I wanted to do was every month take a Sunday and go worship with other people in other places. And we've done that a few times. And that's great. And that's beautiful. Not looking for a church, just to be with God's people. Because God has a lot of people in a lot of places. Yes. We need to be, I don't know the word, we, we need to be in fellowship with other people. Oh, I like that so much. That's one of the things I learned where I worked. There was a lot of people there, a lot of Christians, and a lot of different denominations or different names put on them. But we had a network of Christians that we could go to and, hey, I need prayer. One guy, he, he used to ride around on them. He drove around on a tow motor. Good Christian guy. And he was kind of like the carrier between. He could go all over the plant and say, hey, Mike, come on over. Pray for so-and-so. Something's happening. Man, he'd be all over the planet. You got your own delivery it. system. Exactly. That's amazing. Exactly. You know, that was before we had cell phones. Yeah. So you you couldn't call the guy down the line, and you didn't have time to run down there. You were in trouble. But so yes. you worked at GM. Yes, I. For how many years? I worked there thirty nine years. I started on the assembly line, and I worked there three years, and then I went into the stamping plant and did thirty six years there. I ended up the last 13 years, I was a die setter, which uh, was a good job for me. Most people didn't like that. It was it could get dangerous. It could get hairy in a, in a hurry. You had to keep your, keep your wits about you. It was a good job for me. What's this Moody Bible? Yeah, as a part, we had a um, tuition assistance program. Every fall, they would have an education fair. People from different educational... Like different Kent institutions? Trumbull would come in. They would set up a table. People from Cleveland Woodworking would come in and set up tables, one for stained glass, one for doing woodworking. And Moody Bible Institute would come in and set up a table. Hey, they're going to pay for this. I'm going to take some courses with Moody Bible Institute. So courses by extension, you don't go to, you don't go to Chicago now. <laughs> so I took some courses there. 
I took a bunch of courses. I did one course I took was uh, a generator repair class. And the reason I took it was when you were done with the program, each person got a generator, take apart and reassemble. And when you're done with the class, they sell it to you for scrap. So you get a generator for a hundred bucks. So I took the class. Uh-huh. Halfway through the class, I got into my army memorabilia stuff, and I pulled out the uh, the diplomas I had from Fort Belvoir in Virginia, which is uh, the engineer school. So I took them in, and I showed them to Steve. I said, hey, Steve, look what I, what I studied in, in, the, in the military. And he looked at it, and he says, you should be teaching the class. You you got more more than me. So, anyways, Did that you was. Start teaching it. No, they weren't going to pay me. Oh, he was okay. getting paid. Just give me the generator, okay? Give me the generator, yes. But I I took a lot of courses, a lot of different things. So that's really neat. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? Am I ready? Uh, yeah. We haven't started no, yet? No, we haven't. Not, no, <laughs> not officially. We're really playing with okay. you today. <laughs> we keep you here forever. No, another, okay. another morning yeah. is great. Again. You look fancy today. So, oh, I do? Yes. It's this it's 9 a.m. podcast stuff. <laughs> Forget the messy buns and sweatpants. I know, you get us at our I'm, best. I'm ready for the day. We got Chapstick. lipstick on. Chapstick. <gasps> Listen. I can barely find this stuff anywhere, but this is the one and only chapstick that I can use. Tony Moly Lip Tone. Just for any of those listening. I'll put a plug in Anyone for Liz Tex. The blue, the original, no other flavors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no... This is lip... This is just straight up Tony Moly Lip Care. That's all. Your lips. Would lips you like to plug any <laughs> chapstick while we're doing it? It's out of my leg. <laughs> I don't go there. <laughs> Carrie says no. <laughs> Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Bethy. It's Ka- no, I won't. I won't do Kathy. I feel like we're back to season one, episode one. I won't. This is Katie again, and we are here with Carrie, Carrie Elden Pitt. Thanks for joining us today, Carrie. It's so great to have You're you on. <laughs> the man who owned my house previously, his name was Elden. I have three names that are kind of not well known. All three of my names. <laughs> I like it. Carrie Eldon Pitt, named after deceased soldiers in the war. And here we have him, Carrie Eldon Pitt. Yes, that's yes. me. So glad to have you here. Carrie was born and raised in Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania. He lived with his parents and he was the youngest of four children. Graduated from Ramsey High School went to the army he was he was drafted into the army during the vietnam war and served in germany for two years as an army engineer 15 months i spent 15 I months in germany it was a two-year yeah you gotta go to training two- though he spent 15 months in germany during his two-year stint in the army after the army i stayed about a month with my mom and dad and then i got hired at general motors and i've been here in this area since after the Army, Good. he got hired by General Motors in Austintown, Ohio. I used to teach in Warren, and I would drive by GM every day. Were you in there? Probably. Wow. Who would have thunk it? You would have thunk. Anyway. Spent more time in there than I spent with my family. Uh-huh. I used to go in there sometimes 3 o'clock in the morning and work till 3 in the afternoon. Especially when the kids were in college. We had three kids in college one year. They overlapped. So I worked every ounce of overtime I could. And and I liked those early starts because you got premium pay for the entire day. Oh, 
So that made it worthwhile. Kerry worked at GM. He had a long 39-year career there. He met his wife, Gloria, and he's been married for 52 years. They raised three children, and they have five grandchildren. Carrie was saved at the Baptist church, and his wife, Gloria, was saved at a Methodist church. And when they got married, they first attended the Methodist church and later transitioned to a spirit-filled Presbyterian church where they raised their three children. After retiring, they moved to Canfield out in the country, built a house, and found a church closer to home and have been at the upper room for the past five or six years. Carrie's got some great, interesting hobbies. Mm -hmm. He should touch base with Michael. Woodworking, stained glass, hot what? Hot glass. I make... uh, Stained glass and hot glass. What's hot glass? You use a kiln, melt glass together. You can make all kinds of things. I do a lot of pendants. So you melt it. What does that say? I can't see. I took a a class in wood carving. More Wood carving and airbrushing. He also likes to work on cars. Very handy. I used to do that. He used to work on cars. I'm too old for that. (laughs) I get under a car. I hurt for three days. I don't do that. So we've been blessed with them at the upper room for the past five or six years. Seriously. It's so great to have you on our show today. It is. Yes. So great to be here. (laughs) See your smiling faces. I am. I'm so pumped for today. I'm so glad you said yes. I didn't know Gloria said yes. Oh, yeah, she did. Her and I kind of talked about this, and I, I kind of told her that, you know, we I would kind of pull back on the kids and the grandkids, because that's her area of expertise. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't want to steal her thunder. So I, I said I wouldn't talk much about that. We have, I love that you made agreements We just acknowledge that you have. <laughs> yeah, well, we have three kiddos and five grandkiddos, and they're such a blessing. I miss seeing them not with this COVID stuff, but they're coming for Thanksgiving, so we're going to have a get-together. Are they? Yeah, up on Green Beaver Road. So that's cool. Carrie, tell us who or what turned your light on. Like I said earlier, uh, when I was a little boy, my mama took me to Sunday school all the time. She took Sunday school and church. We always had Bible stories. Uh, I wish we wouldn't call them stories. I wish we would call them narratives. Because when you say stories, people think, oh, well, that's like Hansel and Gretel. Maybe, yeah, that's just a story. But a narrative is a a true, factual. Anyways, we were taught those things. And I still remember some of those things I was taught as a little boy. I just always took those as truth. I believed those. I accept. And maybe that was that the Lord working in me? I guess it was. You had the gift of faith. I didn't question those things. You know, uh, Daniel and the lion's den. I didn't question that. Or Noah's ark. I didn't question that. I just believed that. I believed God was big enough to do those things. When Jesus was in the house and he was touching and healing people, and they tore the roof off and they let the man down, we made a little... uh, paper cutout that we made and pasted together and we did that little story and i still remember that i always believed that was true and i still do and it is true about the age of 13 in the baptist church they they put you through classes and anyways they they make sure you're prepared to do baptism and and the gospel is really explained over and over to you and it was at that time that i invited christ into my life and then when I was baptized, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit confirmed to me that I was His. So, <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of 
A lot of wonderful times with the Lord. He's been with me all my life. I, I don't have to have a bunch of friends around. I can be by myself. It's, it's me and the Lord. A lot of people don't like it when they're by, alone. I love it. I can get alone. I can sit out on the back porch and take my Bible and my coffee and maybe I'll read a verse and maybe I'll drink three cups of coffee. I don't know. But I can get out there and start praising and worshiping the Lord. And Some days I, I just want to go and be with Him. But time's not yet. That time isn't yet. This is just one of the million reasons. Oh, my gosh. In the midst of my tears, one of the reasons I so appreciate Carrie and Gloria is because they embody our values or they embody the values of the kingdom, which is something that we're talking about right now. Like, even in Chris's sermon, he has been spending, you know, a lot of time talking about silence and solitude and the necessity to treasure the Holy Spirit's presence now in our present, that that is so important. And even just hearing Carrie's heart, this is not something that he talks about. This is something he lives every day. He treasures the presence of Jesus in his daily life. You know, we were just talking about how difficult sometimes it is to be alone and that people will do anything to get away from solitude. But you have learned how to do it. And I so appreciate that about you guys. I'm just like, yes, that's exactly how it should be. We should be a people who live with the Holy Spirit every day. Everything we do should revolve around God in our life. If we're not, we're, we're a mess. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Move me on. <laughs> Move me on, girl. Harry, tell us what lights you up. I get excited when I see the Lord doing stuff. When he changes people's hearts and changes people's lives, I get excited about that. Mm-hmm. I remember um, a while back, oh, maybe a couple, three years ago, there was a testimony. Bernie and Sherry gave the testimony about being down at the beach and, the, and their son was out in the riptide and the man jumped in the water and swam out and got him, brought him into shore. And when they turned around to thank him, he wasn't there. Those encounters, I just feed on those. I, I just love those because I see the Lord's hand at, at work. Others would say, oh, well, that was just a guy, a good swimmer. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that was just a guy that was a good swimmer. The experts were there, wouldn't even take a boat out to get the young man. And this guy dives in the water and swims out. Whoa, I like this. <laughs> I can hear this all day. And if we're really honest and think about it, Lord has done a lot of those things in our lives. He has. I, I know of many times in my life. Can you give us an example? Can I go back to my childhood and share? A, one time in Sunday school, the uh, teachers, they were teaching us about prayer. We were going to have a little prayer with all of our, all us little kids around the table. We're going to pray and, and thank God or ask, whatever. So it went around the table and it came to me. Well, being a little boy, I prayed for a new bicycle. <laughs> Lord, I want a new bicycle. Well, I didn't get one. <laughs> when I got to the age of where I started driving cars, I said, that prayer wasn't answered. God didn't answer that prayer. The devil, he'll throw up all kinds of doubts. So time went on. Well, Gloria and I are married, and we have our first little boy, and he's about three to four years old. And all the guys in the neighborhood are riding their kids around on a bicycle. Uh, he says, Dad, I want to go riding on a bike. So what I did was I got in a car and I rode around the neighborhood because there was always bicycles in the yard for sale. I was going to buy a used bicycle and take him riding. 
You know what? There was not a bicycle in four blocks. You could not find a used bicycle. I, I went into the department store and they had three bicycles sitting there. And I got the, uh, the guy that worked there. I got him over there and I said, uh, I'd like to have that blue bicycle. And they won't sell you the one that's on the floor. They give you one in a box. So he went in the back room and he came out. He says, we don't have a blue one. I said, well, I'll take the green one. Went in the back, come back out. We don't have a green one. I said, well, you got a red one? Give it to me. <laughs> I got to ride myself. <laughs> he wants a ride. So went in the back and he came out with a red bicycle in a box. And I took it home and put it together. And we went riding on this bicycle. Had the seat on the front. And we'd do this every day. And the one day... We used to go through the woods and through St. Joe's parking lot and in all parts of Austin town, you know, try to stay off the main roads. And I'm going through the parking lot at St. Joe's and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, do you remember when you were a little boy and you prayed for that bicycle? I didn't. No. And he revealed to my, to my heart and to my mind, you prayed. You wanted a red bicycle with chrome fenders. Look what you're riding on. That led me to a different dynamic in prayer. First of all, you may not get it right away. He may tell you to wait. You know, he answers three ways. Yes, no, and wait. This one was a wait. And it wasn't Santa Claus effect. You know, it just didn't come out of the sky. Like a lot of preachers we have preaching, name it and claim it and all this other stuff, just blab it and grab it. I had to work and get the money to buy this bicycle. It isn't always falling out of the sky. But he answers exactly how you pray. I asked for a red with chrome fenders. And when I was buying it, that was my last choice. It was the only one they had. <laughs> but anyways, we spent a lot of time riding on that bicycle. Mm. And God with, with my son. He might not have and, given it to you out of the sky, but he gave you the opportunity to work and to earn and to Yes, he did. To yes, he purchase did. that bike. And the other thing was, it wasn't for my gratification. It was for my son. Just like he has done things for us, his son. <laughs> Who did he send? His son. Yes. He did that for us. Anything else that lights you up? Family. My family lights me up. <laughs> yeah, that's a given. I, I didn't go there right away because that's, I think it's we not, take... It's we not take, necessarily a given for everybody. <laughs> well, in Christian circles, I think it is. It should be. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a lot of people that their family isn't... Now that you say it, um, I'm thinking maybe there are a lot of people. Well, maybe some people... I think it's a blessing. ...reveal their... A yeah, blessing they don't hold their family that. up as in a high position. Yes. But I was raised that way, that family was... Um, was important. And it is. Family is important. I remember as a child when my dad would get up to go to work, everybody got up. Mom cooked all kind of stuff when we all sit down and ate. And I remember one morning my dad got up and he says, oh, I got a splitting headache. And my mom said, Chet, my dad's name was Chester. She said, Chet, why don't you stay home today? And he looked around the table with all the kids, and he said, no, just give me a couple of aspirins, I'll go to work. So that's what he did. He took some aspirins, ate breakfast, and he, he went and walked to work. And that taught me the importance of family, because he didn't have sick days. If he didn't work, he didn't get paid. He seen the children sitting around the table, they needed to eat. So that's what I was raised with. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Carrie, how are you letting your light shine in this season of your life? I would like to think it's it's everywhere, but maybe it's not. 
Gloria and I go to the uh, Salem Community Center to exercise, and that has been a good place to share. I've had numerous occasions where I could share share faith with people, and people would ask. One guy asked me about being born again, and I tried to explain that to him, and he just <laughs> he just didn't like that. <laughs> And he, I don't know, he's a religious guy, goes to church, and but he doesn't want to receive that. And I've had a lot of people that I've been able to share with, and some of them have died and passed on. Not all of them were, were good. One man said he believed in uh, reincarnation. And so him and I had a good discussion. And, and his son's a minister. So I said, what's your son preach? Your son preach about the good news of the gospel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to be born again. Well, what are you believing about this? What, you want to come back as a dog when you got a trip to heaven? I said, you, you know, you don't have to be perfect because Christ paid the penalty for all that. He says, but I want to be perfect. He wants to keep going around and around until he gets perfect. That's not going to happen. Anyways, uh, so I get opportunities to share with people there and opportunities to pray with people there. So that is a, uh, that's a kind of a place where I let my light shine. And I hope I let my light shine everywhere I go. Uh, that should be a given. I also, I'm part of the chaplaincy committee for UAW 1714, our retirees. We have a program, a chaplaincy program, where our biggest function now is when people die. We take a Bible to the wife or the surviving, whoever, and we we have the information who you can contact for uh, life insurance, but basically we're there to comfort and uh, console. In the process, we, we take a Bible. We have a Catholic edition, a Protestant edition. So, yeah, for the most part, that's been a big blessing. I've only had one bad response. That was from a daughter. Hey, let that go. I've had people say, oh, I just was waiting for someone to come. Because I don't know what to do, you know. Hey, when people are grieving, they, they don't think straight. So that's been a blessing. Sharing faith in that, probably it can. It's, it's, for, the, the uh, it's for the family. Oh. And you also give of yourself here at the Upper Room, which is so wonderful. Thank you. I like to do things. I'm a hands-on guy. I don't like school. I didn't do well in school in high school. I did. In fact, I barely made it through high school. I'd have quit if my dad wasn't forceful. <laughs> I'll tell you that story later. <laughs> when we're off the mic, I'll tell you that story. <laughs> uh, anyways, no, I didn't do well in high school. I worked in an auto body shop after school. And then my friend, his dad had a service station, kind of like Newton's over here. We would work there, especially after hours. When the place was closed, we'd be in there working sometimes two or three o'clock in the morning. That wasn't where my heart was. My heart was with a wrench or, you know, doing doing that type of stuff. I'm hands-on. I've always loved wood. Glass was, was never a draw to me because my dad worked in a glass factory. When I was a kid, I swore, two places I would never go. I would never go in a coal mine. I would never go in a glass factory. Because that's where all my uh, uncles, they all work in the coal mines or in the glass house. And I swore I would never do that. Thank you, Lord, to this day I haven't. (laughs) But there again, with tuition assistance, I took a course in stained glass. And the reason was, you know, being a woodworker, a lot of times you need a piece of glass for a door or something. My mode of operation was I'd go to Home Depot and have the guy cut me a piece of glass. Well, I'd get home and 
Nine out of ten, they didn't fit. And I said, this is crazy. I'm going to go learn how to cut glass. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take that course with stained glass because those girls know how to cut glass. So I went and I learned how to cut glass. But then then a whole new world opened up. <laughs> uh, Gloria seen some of the stuff. And she says, I want that angel. I said, oh, I can do that. <laughs> I was I was just talking in the air because it was about this big. It was about three feet high, and I hadn't done anything like that. Was that your first project? <laughs> well, we did a couple little projects in in class. One one was a it was an apple. It was three pieces. <laughs> And the other one, we did a big project. It was a butterfly. <laughs> so and I'm, I'm telling Gloria, you know, she's looking at this three-foot inch. Yeah, I can make that. <laughs> so I muddled around and I did it. Did some stuff wrong, but that's okay. But now I know how to cut glass. When, I, when I'm going to need a door glass, I can cut one. I think that's so great to hear because... <laughs> There's been such pressure for young people to go into college, even if it's not their cup of tea, or to take on huge debt from college. And we've really missed the mark on working in the trades and working with our hands. And it's so great to hear your story about that. School wasn't your thing, but you were handy and you have had a successful career, successful life. You got married, you had three kids, you had a career and it didn't have to come through college. So I think that's a great testimony that young people need to hear. And even parents of young adults need to hear that there are other avenues than the traditional four-year college. And trades are so important. My dad wanted to send me to college. My father had to quit school when he was in third grade because there was not a father in the house. So he had to go to to work and he worked in a glass factory. What age would it be? Eight years old, Mm -hmm. 10 years old. And he went and started to working. But he wanted to go to school because he loved to read and do those things, which I didn't. And he wanted one of his children to be a college graduate. It come down to me. I was the last one. on. <laughs> he couldn't afford to send the other three. So when it came to me and I graduated and, and that war was going on in Vietnam, and he, he said to me, he said, you know, why don't you uh, go off to college? We'll, we'll get you going to college. You, you don't have to go to that war. And I said, Dad. If I go to college, I just waste your money. It's not for me. I'm, he says, well, you know they're drafting you. I said, yeah, it's okay. So, Lord had better plans. Yeah. Was he understanding of that? My dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad was He was a smart cookie. He read a lot. He was very intelligent. His language might not have given it away, but he was. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was very intelligent. Carrie does so much for the church. Even discussing stained glass, I mean, he's even created centerpieces for our Christmas banquet. I mean, he does a lot of fix-it stuff around. And he, oh my gosh, redid that bench. And it's so beautiful. Thank you. He makes things better here. So thank you for that. I just like to do things. You ready for question four? Okay, what's question four? Last question. Here we go. Can you share a supernatural experience with us that you've had? Let me go back to my youth. I was in third grade, and my mom was in the hospital. And all I knew is my mom was sick and in the hospital. But actually what it was, she she was having a hysterectomy. Anyways, my dad went to the hospital on Saturday morning because he worked all week. Saturday morning he went in, and the doctor pulled him aside. He says, I think you better get the family together. I don't think she's, she's going to make it. She had a blood clot that moved. So my dad came home from the hospital he knelt down on the kitchen floor, and he began to pray. When he'd pray, he would start to worship and sing. 
basically says, Lord, you know, you've blessed me with these children. If I don't have my woman, they won't get raised right. A couple of weeks, she was home and she lived to 90. That was my first supernatural experience mm-hmm. with my dad. Of course, his mom was, a, um, those days, they called him a holy roller. We've heard about those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she was a holy roller. In fact, it was derogatory the way most people said it. Yeah, Lord does, he does, uh, he answers. <laughs> I love how you have been, just as a child, as a young child, and I think this is a testimony to parents out there, get your kids to Sunday school and get them to church and involve them in your prayers and your cry of the heart. Because here, this is something that was so many years ago for you, and yet it's still so impactful, and it changed the direction of your life, and you've been walking with Jesus ever since. And so... Thank you to your parents who raised you that way, and you're passing that on to your kids and their, you know, your grandkids. And it's it's just so important. Get kids involved young and let them see the Lord at work. Well, Carrie, it's been so great to have you here. We're so appreciative of you and Gloria being yeah. here and the service that you provide for our church and so just the friendship that you give. It's just fun to have you in Sunday school class and have, mm-hmm. have you around. It's been a blessing. So thanks for all that you do and thanks for being you. Thank you. Thank you for thanking me. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.